Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play JR the Crooked. Last time, we had a mini interlude at the studio, as the three of you regrouped after your solo investigations. Still riding the high from her earlier heroics, Constance accidentally stayed up most of the night painting another enigmatic portent, a vision of the surreal entity encapsulating an all-too-familiar interdimensional window to a vast expanse of twinkling lights. Eager to share her work, she convened a early morning bathtub summit with J.R. and Alvin. The three of you processed what you had learned the past day, and wound up studying the murder board and briefcase that you recovered from Pax's room at the Ravenloft. You discovered that the agent had been searching for the person who hired JR's crew to pull the heist at the Getty Art Museum, and they had traced a series of payments back to none other than Imagine Labs. The three of you were interrupted by a grisly scream from the bedroom as the wasting disease took its toll on Georgiana once more. With renewed urgency, you set about preparing to summon and destroy the Rikolakis. JR spent some time in Constance's lore library, researching the big magic spell that would let her locate the plague vampire. And in sense, Mr. Blue cornered Constance and Alvin about their plan, but the conversation quickly veered to Constance's latest painting. He immediately noted the similarity between the world beyond the window and tales of the plane of memory, a dimension of stories and recollection brought to life by the trickster Anansi and shuddered since the sealing of magic. We closed with Alvin wandering through the studio's workshop, wondering how it got to be such a mess with Constance otherwise preoccupied at CNL. We're going to pick up there as the three of you and the members of the Daylight Society prepare to perform the Big Magic Ritual. Just as a reminder, I'll go through the requirements that we laid out last time. The spell must be cast during the wasting hour. It will require 10 people arranged in an arcane circle. Jarrah will need to use magic to observe another time or place to perform the spell. And it will have a specific side effect or danger, which is that it will immediately summon the Vercolacus, and the 10 people in the, the vicinity will be immediately in danger. With that in mind, I would love to ask what the three of you would like to do to prepare. I would like to mentally prepare Georgiana and kind of see what she wants to be doing during all of this. And then, if at all possible soothe myself into not being a festering pile of bloody wounds. All right, so talking to Georgiana and some healing. Yes. Healing sounds great. Uh, we also <laughs> left off, I believe we, nobody here remembers Stan. The workshop is part of Constance's place though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's been taking a lot of classes at community college. She's really been putting the effort to learn and it's paying off, although she has made quite a mess. Yeah. Hmm. So I think that was Alvin's idea. See if there's anything that would be useful to try to like restrain this Vercolacus or debuff it in some way or buff himself. Maybe there's a good, maybe he goes to the whole workshop and finds a really good file and makes his claws sharper. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> JR, how about you? I would also like the magical art of healing. I only have one, but I have a feeling that this is going to take a lot out of me, and I am soft and squishy. And then also, I'm going to get out a really good suit. Not my most expensive suit, 
the time and place is not called for that. I think I'm going to get out probably one of the suits that JR would consider her workhorse suit. It's a very nice, tasteful slate gray color. And then JR does not wear a ton of jewelry, but just to show everybody who's boss, she is wearing a rather large set of diamond studs. And they're real. Nice. We also have the disc, and I think Quinn and I talked about that the disc will give me plus one magic, but it also, if shit goes south, it's going to go like extra south. Yes, based on your previous sort of experimentation with the disc, that is the effect that you understand. So I don't really want to put the disc where the the kala kala could touch it when it there comes to <laughs> closer. <laughs> kala kala kala. Wait, kala. I didn't get it right. The verkalakis. Verkalakis. <laughs> so I don't want it to be where it could touch it, but I think it might be nice to have it handy as another possible source for magic in case things do go wrong. So just <laughs> maybe it will put it on a coffee table near the. Door. Or what if we have Georgiana hold on to it? If she wants to be close by but not in the action, then it might be better to have a guardian for the disc that doesn't have to be involved in the action. Very true. Like a water boy. Someone's holding the disc and can come over with it when we need it. Perfect. Okay. So let's start with healing since that is the common thread amongst all of you. Yay! Here's what I'll say on healing. If you go to bed at a reasonable hour... You will heal one more harm. You know that the wasting disease strikes around mid-morning. Enough time to wake up and and sort of get prepared. But if you get a good night's sleep, you'll heal one more harm. Cecilia has done all she can in terms Mm -hmm. of bandaging you up. However, she does have some high-strength pain medication. Yes. It is not without its side effects, though. If you want to get a dose, it's not going to heal you, but you can add an extra harm box to your track up Mm -hmm. to eight. But if you choose to do this, I'm going to need you to roll a d6. On a 1 to 5, you're going to suffer minus 1 ongoing to the associated stat. Mm. So 1 is charm, 2 is cool, so on and so forth. On a 6, you're going to suffer minus 1 ongoing to all stats for the Uh next 24 hours. So more durability, but there is a negative side effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sweet. finally, I will say, JR always has heal harm as a magical option, so you can go that route. Alvin's got a uh, sleep mask, <laughs> and he has spent the evening filing his claws, and then he uses the workshop to fashion himself a little teddy bear. Oh, Aww, What's the teddy bear's name? Teddy bear's name is Gavin. Like the candy kid? <laughs> oh, that is the candy kid, isn't it? <laughs> it's Devin. It's oh, Devin. Devin. Okay. I mean, would you like me to try some magic? I can certainly give it a whirl. That would be lovely if you have the time in your schedule. I sure do. I am going to go to bed early to heal that one harm. I will try to heal. uh, Is it just harm or do you have any other kind of ongoing conditions, Alvin? No, just harm. Just harm. Okay. I mean, I I turn into a big coyote sometimes. (laughs) That's different. And silver is like, silver's really bad. I remember that. From I think the it's like mine. an allergy. I think it's like an allergy yeah. or something. So yeah, you had a. Real I've got bad those two things, mine. and I haven't been to the doctor in a while. So oh, those boy. are the things I know about. We should keep you away from really sharp, pointy, rusty metal because I'm guessing you're not up on your Tdap vaccine. Because I really don't want you to get tetanus. Well, that is a ton. Okay. On A10+, the magic works as intended. So, JR, do you want to describe what this looks like? 
think I probably hold the key over Alvin and I'm going better, better, better. And I'm hoping that what's happening <laughs> is we're seeing maybe some of these wounds that have been stitched up are closing up a little bit more. And perhaps the bloom of youth is back in Alvin's face. So as I lay there with JR waving a hand over me, just muttering, <laughs> better, 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 I'm pleasantly surprised that good things happen. Yay! <laughs> Constance, Excellent. would you like me to try with you? <laughs> um, I mean, look, I'm, I- I'm not a big fan of aura reading, which is kind of a little bit what this looks like, but sure, I'll go ahead and try that. And uh, okay. I think I'll also roll the dice, so to you speak, with tr- Quinn. You also want to try some pain medication? Okay. I think I'm going to do both, yeah. Okay. Alvin, you get to erase your one of your harm and then Hooray. get ready for bed with Devin. And yeah. for Constance, that's going to be a nine. Hey. On a seven and nine, there's a glitch. Oh, okay. yay. If it has a problematic side effect, is that a side effect for me or is that a side effect for Constance? And don't say both. <laughs> it won't be both, but I'm not sure yet. Mm. Let's go. Let's uh, roll those dice, baby. Problematic side effect. My favorite. <laughs> mm. All right. Problematic side effect. I'm going to go with something simple here. Constance, I think the magic coursing through your body, it, it, it just doesn't sit quite right. Uh, and so you're going to take minus one forward on your next roll. Mm. Okay. Just on one roll? Yeah. Oh, all right. And you also said you wanted to try some of uh, Cecilia's drugs? Yeah. Drugs. Kids don't do drugs. 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 Uh, kids don't do drugs unless they're prescribed by a nurse. And by prescribed, I mean probably illicitly taken from the hospital to aid in monster hunting. Yes. Oh, Cecilia, you're going to get in trouble if they find out. Maybe not from what we've heard of how the bureaucracy works oh, in hospitals. God. Anyway, go on. Go ahead. Yeah. So, Constance, if you would like to go ahead and add a eighth harm box to your track and Ooh. give me a D6 roll. Okay. Big money, big money. Terrible money. That was a three. Uh, so you're going to suffer minus one on going to sharp basically all of the next day. All right, that's fine. I'm still very sharp, you guys. But yes, you now have an eighth harm as you feel no pain. Ooh. Oh, no. Feel light as a cloud. Oh, I like this. No, Now, here's my question. With an eighth (laughs) box, does that move the goalpost for being unstable at all? Uh, No. Okay. You're still unstable at four. Okay. I just can take it for longer. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Uh, has everyone done all of the healing they would like to do? Yes, my full night's rest puts me at two harm. I feel very rested as well. I have zero harm. Oh, do we take one? We take one for the well-rested, right? Yeah, go ahead and take it now. Yeah, I'm down to one harm, baby. One harm, eight cap. Boom. Rock okay. And roll. Okay, and then the three of you had some individual preparations you wanted to do. Does anyone want to go first? I mean, mine's pretty simple. I'm just I'm rooting through the workshop to see if there's anything that can help us. Are you just looking for something interesting or are you trying to build something? Am I allowed to use the workshop in Constance's spot? Uh, I think you would need Constance's help. And Constance has other stuff she needs to do. So that's why I'm thinking I'm probably just looking around. So if you want to root around in the armory, I think, you know, it's Constance's haven. But if she's not stopping you, which I don't think she probably is, I'll let you roll for it. Okay. What are you looking for? 
we're summoning it and we need to kill it. We don't really know what it's like movement capabilities are if it has a way to run away. Because I don't want to summon it and then spend all day chasing it through firmament. So kind of looking for methods to trap it once we've got it here and maybe defang it in some way. Okay. Things along the line of like a big net. <laughs> a net I gun. I just want right. a big butterfly net. Special <laughs> sticky goo that makes it hard for it to move. All right. Why don't you give me a roll plus weird and okay. depending on how well you do, we can figure out what this is. It's a nine. On a seven to nine, you have it, but only the minimum. Team, what do we think the minimum is here? <laughs> I don't have something specific in mind, so pitch me what you got. I well, got a neck gun. Uh, what do you got, sharks? Uh, oh, God. I will say that if we do want to have a butterfly net, this is this is a... a, a uh... See, I was thinking of like a gladiator net. Sick. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like a throwable net with, with weighted edges Stones or and shit. Not yeah. a fucking butterfly net from Amazon.com. I mean, not, yeah, not a little net on a... Not a little <laughs> wafer-thin net on a stick. That's probably the smartest choice there, Alvin. Here's where I'm going <laughs> What is Constance? having her part i'm thinking this is a very sophisticated propulsion technology where it's essentially it kind of sits like a bazooka and it shoots out what looks like a thin plastic that unravels and has a weight to it so it immediately drops to the floor and it's a ginormous piece of sticky paper that's just so like you cannot move it's like Like it's like immediate quickstand yeah it's huge fly paper that's pretty good but like human sized. And again, it comes out of a bazooka like situation. So we get some in the Verkalakasanda sticky paper. Yeah. Yeah. Alvin, I will leave it up to you. Uh, <laughs> you can have a weighted net or a sticky flypaper bazooka. Uh, but either way, they're not going to be magical. <laughs> sure. It's just sticky stuff or a net thing. Yes. Um, I think maybe I'm, I'm looking for the net. But since we've come back, Constance has found that net and been like, this is dumb. I bet we could turn this into a bazooka or something and make it sticky and a whole sheet. And then the net <laughs> disappeared and turned into a sticky paper bazooka. <laughs> okay. You have a sticky paper bazooka. The Perfect. stats are zero harm, far restraining. Uh, okay. One shot. Okay. Constance, JR. I think I should probably let Stony know that we're doing some magic, but I don't know how much I want or need to let him know. Here's what I'm thinking. It's a complex relationship here. So I think what she's going to do is call at like 8 o'clock at night which is when she's pretty sure that Law and Order reruns air in Firmament. And so she's fairly certain that he is probably doesn't want to miss it because, you know, it's like it gets better with viewing like a fine wine. And so the goal is to like just leave him a voicemail and not have like a long drawn out conversation. Okay, hit me with that voicemail. Stony, it's JR. I'm just giving you a heads up. We're going to be doing some big, big magic in the next like day or so it should be fine but uh i i might need backup at some i will keep you on speed dial but otherwise if you see me in the future things went well okay bye excellent (laughs) any other preparations you would like to make i'm just like thinking really deeply about saving the whales (laughs) and that's it that's it all right constance 
I would like to talk to Georgiana about what she sees her role as in this summoning slash killing of the Verkalakis. Constance, you head into your bedroom where Georgiana is resting. It's a difficult sight to see. She looks visibly unwell, noticeably more gaunt than just two days ago. She's not unconscious. She's lucid, but definitely not operating at 100%. But she she smiles weakly as you walk in. Mr. Blue is, is sitting there as well, and I think he stands up and gives you to the room. Hey. I mean, I'm not going to ask how you're doing, obviously, but I just wanted to let you know that we're... Um... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish this tomorrow morning. That's wonderful, dear. I appreciate everything you're doing for me. Of course. I mean, what's a uh, totally estranged family for? <laughs> she she laughs kind of weakly, and I think it just descends into a cough. Mm-hmm. And she she rests her hand on your forearm and gives it. I, I think probably about as hard of a grip as you think she can muster. And says, I didn't know quite what to expect coming back here. Didn't expect really to return at all. I can't say it's been exactly how I had hoped, but I... I want you to know, Constance, I'm, I'm proud of the decision I made either way. And you should be too. I'm glad to hear it. I appreciate that you took a leap of faith with us to to come back here and trust us to fix it or be willing to risk that that might not be possible. But I'm going to tell you that we're going to deal with this tomorrow. We're going to kill that <laughs> fucking Verkel. Ver, 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 Oh, no. Georgiana, I think, chuckles weakly again and says, the 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 Verkalakis, dear. I look forward to teaching you a little more about our history when all this is over. I smile weakly at her a little bit and then I look up at her. We're gonna beat the living shit out of that thing. And then we're gonna cut its head off. And what we do with it after <laughs> is entirely up to you. Don't forget to burn it, dear. <laughs> that too. I mean, that's just a Friday night bonfire for us at this point. Thank you for trusting us. We remember the steps. Now, <laughs> I do need to ask. I know I look at her current state and I try really hard just have a stoic face, but I think she probably can see through that. I know that you're not doing great right now and no one expects you to be part of this fight, but this creature... Just as much as Mr. Blue has completely changed your life, set you on a path that you didn't choose. And, you know, if it weren't for a random circumstance of us ending up where we ended up, you could have never had a choice to to change. So I want to give you the choice now to decide. What do you want to be doing tomorrow? I wouldn't be here with you in... In this moment, if it weren't for Mr. Blue and Magda and that thing, I look forward to many good fights with you, Constance, but I would only hold you back in this one. 
I trust you to see it done. I just, I just hold her hand for a minute and smile. I think that's the scene. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 44 of Monster Hour. Things are about to pop off here, so I'm going to try to keep this intermission short and sweet and get you right back to it. As always, I want to thank everyone who's been sharing the show with their friends, family, coworkers, and because I'm recording this on Valentine's Day, ghostly lovers that only appear once every 10 years. Get them what they really want this year, a dope podcast to listen to as they drift intangibly through the aether between the void. Because the real monster is the ennui of incorporeal existence. Our spooky spotlight this week is merely role players, where the magic of theater meets the chaos of rolling dice. They have a bundle of drama and comedy-filled stories for you to listen to, including their current Monster of the Week campaign, Vigil. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we're merely role players. Now playing in the main house, Vigil. It's true. My department has abandoned this town and left you to fend for yourselves against your worst nightmares. But I promise I'm not going anywhere, and I'm asking you to join me. Your neighbours never need to wake up and remember their nightmares, because we'll be there, keeping watch. Vigil, a Merely Role Players production. Search for Merely Role Players wherever you find podcasts. Maximum drama guaranteed. That's all I've got for you this week, folks. We'll be back with episode 45 of Monster Hour on March 2nd. See you then. It is the next morning. Everyone is making the final preparations. I think it's probably five, ten minutes, maybe, before you would guess the wasting is set to strike Georgiana once again. By my count, you have exactly 10 people. Leon, Cecilia, Jasper, Galvan, and Sarah. Bree, Eve, Jenny, Pax, and Mr. Blue. They are prepared to make the circle wherever you would like. JR, I believe you mentioned the disc. I'm curious if uh, you're employing that or if you're or what you're doing with it. And then are there any other final preparations? Well, I think we're having the disc is Georgiana's going to hold on to the disc and she's going to be in... Oh, God, we got to do it while she's wasting. So I know you wanted to keep her in the back room, Constance, but we have to do it while she's wasting. So how do you want to do this? I don't think she needs to be right in front of us, though. I mean, as much as I admire you thinking of my studio as this grand and wonderful place, the difference (laughs) between the living room and the bedroom is like... Four feet? (laughs) I mean, Quinn, you tell me, but I think it's probably small enough space. There's a thin, sound permeable, paper-thin, but magically (laughs) enchanted wall separating the two rooms. You could do it anywhere within the studio. I think you would have problems doing it anywhere outside of the studio because of the protective barrier. Uh, You and Mm -hmm. Georgiana kind of need to be either both within it or both outside of it. 
And we don't want to go outside and forget no. what we're doing. Nope. Okay. But if you want to be in the living room, she can be in the bedroom. Okay. Mm. Let's do that. And she's going to hold on to the disc. I mean, 10 people in a circle, there's not going to be enough room for like 10 people to be in a circle comfortably unless they're all like shoulder to shoulder. I think you could fit 10 in the living room. We've mentioned there's a there's kind of a storage unit around back. Maybe we have people just take the furniture and put it in there. Okay. Or at least like stack it up in the kitchen or clear it out. Mm-hmm. So that in the workshop leave. or something. Oh, that's make a good a, idea. Make a clear space in the living room. Yeah. You can clear enough space out of the living room that you could array the Daylight Society in a circle with everyone holding hands. Mm -hmm. I will note, JR, Mm -hmm. it's probably not going to be a problem if there's sort of a temporary break, but if that circle is broken for an extended period of time, there's a risk that the connection will break. Okay. Yeah. So we have to protect that circle. So with the Daylight Society, we will have enough for them to make the 10-person circle. That means that unfortunately- Constance, Jar, and Alvin, we all have to be inside the circle. Do we all have to be? Well, okay. Well, who wants the to be inside? The spell is you casting it in 10 people in a circle. I think Constance and I can probably pick a strategic spot. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I look to God. God? Quinn? Has that worked before? Oh. <laughs> Quinn? <laughs> I don't mean literally. I accept this I mean this our God. Uh, you can be wherever you want. Okay. I would just note, sort of as a fan of your characters, the Verkalakis is going to appear in the middle of the circle, yep. and you mm. don't really want it to break the circle. Nope. So. so we should be inside of it. Yep. I at least should be inside of it. Being inside of it will allow you to engage the Verkalakis, but it will also mean you're engaged with the Verkalakis. I will oh. enter the circle like a wrestler. <laughs> He's in the circle getting himself hyped up. Oh, good. Then I will be on the outside of the circle. I'll act as a buffer to where Georgiana is. And that also means that if at any point we decide we need the disc, I can be the fetcher. So you're going to leave me inside the circle. Am I not enough? (laughs) I think you would also- I've got big muscles (laughs) and a big beard. (laughs) And I'm proud Pacing back and forth already, I'm going, oh yeah, bring us that Verkalakis. I think you also want to have at least one person as the secondary line Mm -hmm. of defense. All right, that's true. There's all sorts of, yeah, there's all sorts of haven stuff outside the circle that may need fetching and using. Now, the question, of course, is what are you holding, JR? Because we have the flamethrower, we have the sword. Sword. Nope. No. No, The sword and the knife are both another word. They got head up by the right. ground. God dang it. <laughs> you have okay. big knife, though. I mean, just yeah. regular knife. I just got regular a good knife. big kitchen knife. I think we all should carry a big kitchen knife just <laughs> in case we have the opportunity, right? Yeah. So uh, let's agree everyone's got a chef's knife. <laughs> if a Verkalakis neck ends up in your area, yeah. chop away. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, zone joke, but I mean here. it. <laughs> yeah, zone defense. Yeah. You are in charge of your zone. That's a sports ball joke. You could, <laughs> you could, Quinn, let me have a baseball bat. It's another weapon that the crooked has on the character sheet. Uh, any of you can have a one-harm weapon. Yay, I have a baseball bat. <laughs> All right, I've got my flamethrower, and I think I have holstered a chef's knife. Not like something fancy, just a chef's knife from my kitchen. Just a regular knife, but Constance did get a fancy chef knife holster from your dad, probably. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> you probably have a good sharpening. Like, you've got a good sharpener, because really, that's the most <gasps> Wait. important thing. 
I have put on my chef's apron, which has the little like it's a fancy oh, one, no. so it's got the little like magnetic things so that I can stick oh, the no. knife in. <laughs> so I'm wearing my chef's apron with the knife in it. I was and hoping then I'm it the was, was going to be one that said like "kiss the cook." It says "kiss the cook" in papyrus font. <laughs> oh my god! We're done. This thing is We're done. So- okay. Uh- <laughs> I draw the line at papyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No That's more. a good line. Okay. Uh, so you all have your weapons. You have a plan for the disc. You have your location. Uh, and everything, I believe, is set. Yeah. The Daylight Society are arranged in a perfect circle. And as you hear the scream come once again from Constance's bedroom, you know the time is nigh. Now. All right. So this is big magic. So it's not... We're not doing any of this rinky-dink waving a key and muttering some, like, good, helpful words shit. No, 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 no. (laughs) I am saying a word. I'm saying summon, 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 like, over and over again. But what I have to do as well is focus both on the supernatural being that I am summoning, the specific one. I mean, we don't know what it looks like, but it is the one that's specific to Georgiana. And then I'm also having to draw on kind of, like, the added human capital that I have around me because this is the kind of thing that takes a lot of concentration and I also haven't done this before so it's a lot of things that I'm having to hold on at once and really really concentrate and although it's not burning me the key does get very very warm (laughs) so that is what I am doing as you are doing this I think the daylight society around you is murmuring a series of incantations and from the bedroom, a thin, mercurial-looking purple tendril snakes its way out, and like a serpent, inches its way around your key. doesn't touch it, just sort of worms around, and then slowly makes its way around the circle, interweaving between the limbs of the Daylight Society, before, as it works its way around the last person, moving towards the center. And from the floor, it rises. And when it reaches about six feet tall, it begins to part like a curtain. Like the window that you have seen previously. Hmm. JR, give me a roll to use magic. Big money, big money, big money, big money, big money, big money. It is going to be an... It's an eight. On a seven to nine, there is a glitch. I will take a harm. I think as this window opens wider, the purple tendril starts to tighten, and it tightens most around the key and your hand, and where it touches, it just burns. It Mm -hmm. just sears into your flesh. But as it does, this window opens. At first, you can't even tell necessarily what you're seeing. Everything is moving and changing rapidly in colors and shapes that you don't quite recognize, but seem to make sense objectively as you look at them. These swirling patterns like photo negatives, and you recall that you have seen this once before, after the death of the Strigoi, as the spirit inside of it dissipated. This field of, for lack of a better term, possibility. Hmm. And after a few moments, it settles into place. The swirling simmers down, the colors form into patterns, and you see a dark forest 
and just at the edge of this window is a pale humanoid creature. JR, you flick your wrist, and as you do so, the window shifts, and it moves around and envelops this creature, and suddenly it is not in the forest anymore. It is in your living room. That's super sick. That's super fucking sick, Quinn. Like, that yeah. is, that's fucking dope. I just wanted to give you some, like, some, some, <laughs> before you go on to describe this big scary thing that I'm then going to regret giving this time to really think about how scary you want to make this thing. I just want to give it, like, that's fucking dope. This is dope. Thank you. Cool. I'm in danger. The creature before you is a bloated, completely hairless humanoid. Ew. Okay. Its stomach is swollen to the point of being rounded like a drum. Gross. Pallid skin, taut, and tearing in places even. Ugh. Its whole body is covered in virulent purple spider veins, all pulsating asynchronously. Its milky, sunken eyes dart malevolently between the bodies arrayed around it. And as soon as it falls through this window, which closes up immediately behind it, although the purple tendril remains, you are immediately overwhelmed by the fetid, sickly sweet smell of rotten meat mixed with the dull, metallic whip of old blood. This is disgusting and it's really fucking gross. Quinn, I take back what I said about that being super dope because like you've just canceled all of that by giving (laughs) us the unsexiest vampire ever. Like I watched- Like the worst dad bod ever. I watched a lot of (laughs) True Blood and let me tell you, it's not a good show. I, you, You and I both know why I watched it. And uh, there were no super gross vampires on that, which is probably why I kept watching. So no thank you, Quinn. Well, the Verkalakis is not a sexy vampire. It the is Verkalakis not. is a plague vampire. One, one would argue that, yeah, anything with like flesh being devoured is probably not hot. It stands up to its full height and... You imagine tries to roar, but it comes out more as a bellowing gurgle, and foul spittle sprays out in front Ugh. of it. Well, I'm gonna roar. <laughs> I'm gonna roar. Knock, knock, motherfucker! And I, <laughs> I, I, I jump on it. Yeah. Okay. Give me a roll to kick some ass. Six, three, nine, three is a twelve, baby. Nice. And you have advanced kicks and mass, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I do. I've been waiting oh, all boy. night for this. Yeah. Do you want to tell the listeners what happens on an advanced kicks and mass? Yeah, I do very well. I kick the whole ass completely. I was just saying, you get to kick um, multiple asses, so it's uh, I get to pick or I kick just every one whole ass. ass. Yeah, that's good. I'm sorry. There's a splash effect. I kick every ass. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Um, no, I pick an enhanced effect. I completely hold the advantage. All hunters involved in the fight get plus one forward. I suffer no harm at all. My attack inflicts double the normal harm, or your attack drives the enemy away in a rout. I'm going to double damage. Oh, Listen, yeah. Alvin's yeah. got one goal. Do damage. So tell me what it looks like as you inflict six harm? Six harm, ignore armor. So tell me what it looks like as you inflict six harm on this creature. Yeah, I think he spent a good amount of time the previous evening sharpening his claws. And I think as soon as this thing lands and reaches up to its full height, Alvin just dives straight at its throat. Brutal. Are you using your claws or your bite? I'm using the claws. 
you spring forward and this creature tries to take a swipe at you, but you're far faster than it expected. And you mm-hmm. rip its throat straight out. Whoa! Its putrid flesh scatters all over the circle, splattering several members of the Daylight Society. Jasper vomits immediately. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, we should have prepped ponchos. <laughs> it is going to suffer six harm. Yes. Which, holy shit, ouch. Thank you. Alvin, you also are sprayed with this thing's horrid viscera, which triggers one of its abilities, blackened blood, burning bile. Every word in this fight sucks. Gross. (laughs) Plague vampire. Uh, You're going to suffer minus one forward because of this putrefied viscera on you. (laughs) And that's just forward, not ongoing? Yeah, minus one forward. Okay. Anytime you suffer harm from the Vercolacus or inflict harm on it with a physical attack, you're going to mm-hmm. take minus one forward Blech. as its horrible insides get on you. Yeah. So you deal a wild amount of damage to this thing. Basically everything from below its nose to its sternum. No, not sternum. Yeah, sternum. It's missing. It's just missing. <laughs> oh. It's all over the room. Oh my God. And it takes a moment to recover, I think. And you're not quite prepared for when it ultimately does lurch forward with surprising speed to attack you and it digs its befouled long talon-like fingernails into you for three harm which i believe is one to you yes jr constance so question for you quinn how much of the magic do i need to be concentrating on to keep it here like i would like to hit it with my baseball bat I also might like to use magic on it, but I have a feeling that I can't do more than one magic thing at a time, especially when we're running such a big heist right now. The benefit of this big magic arrangement that you have created Mm -hmm. uh, with 10 people channeling the spell for you is that you can, as long as you are in possession of the key, generally continue to use magic uninhibited and keep the spell concentrated on by your companions. Okay. Thanks, Daylight Society. Teamwork makes the dream work. Keep on it, guys. I know you're like super sticky right now, but- um, Yeah, they look horrified, mortified. Look, you wanted to be- Utterly befouled. You wanted to be a part of the team. This is, this is part of monster hunting. It's not- Oh, and they're not breaking. Good. But they look horrified. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just this is. I would say, just so everybody Rightfully knows, gross. this is like this is definitely on the like extreme end of things that we fought as far as gross factors. Like I'm just gonna say, like we. I mean, there's been some like the Mushroom King was pretty awful, and there was just lots. Also, of like there, giant spiders creep a lot of people out. They do, but this is definitely <laughs> the one with like the most viscera that I think we've had to deal yes. with. So, like this is mm-hmm. this is definitely like on the extreme end. So, if you make it through this, you should be fine. Like this is. Jared's so, so, <laughs> giving a pep talk to everyone. I, I am. You guys, yeah. you're doing great. You're doing great. I super appreciate all your work. Like. Let's Leon let's go looks at team. you. He's like, "Thanks, coach." Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, team. Okay, I would like to. Um, <laughs> I have another question, Quinn. So we have sure. summoned it. Yes. Can I also trap it here so that it can't get back? Uh, Jr. I will say, if you want to try to use magic to also trap it here, in the event that the circle does break, that will buy you. Uh, substantially more time. Okay. So I would like to try to do that just as kind of a like, in case the circle breaks. Give me a roll to use magic. Come on, big money, big money, big money. 10. 
On a 10 plus, the magic works without issue. All right. What does this look like, JR? So we've got the magic circle. They're doing their thing. They're a little sticky, but they're doing a good job. And so I'm guessing that it's also extra magic energy for me to draw on, which is why it's probably a bit easier for me to like cast this spell to hold it. And so I think what I probably do is I've got the key in one hand. I've got the bat in the other. So I'm probably just going to gesture with the baseball bat and just be like, you stay. Jer, as you finish the spell, as you finish placing this magic upon it, it sort of staggers back from Alvin and understands perhaps that its movements are Uh restricted in some way, Uh looks around at everyone, and its stomach starts to churn, like visibly you can see, you know, like ripples, and you can tell something is about to happen. Okay, I don't think we want that to happen. So, Constance, do you want to try something or should I hit it with my bat? Sticky paper on the tummy. I got it. No, no, (laughs) I got it. I enter the circle, and as soon as I enter the circle, I make a little, like, motion, like, move move to the left. Yep. Move to the left. Yeah. And then I turn on the flamethrower and start slowly approaching it until it is very much within spitting distance. Uh, Constance, I will warn you, and admittedly, uh, perhaps I could have told you this up front, if you try to use that flamethrower in the circle, you're going to set the Daylight Society on fire. <laughs> Are you sure? Can, is there no, like... Is this not like a butane torch where I can kind of regulate how big the flame is? It's not like a spray bottle where you can switch it to like narrow stream. Yeah. I don't. I <laughs> Just a little bit of fire. You can try. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that answer. Okay. Well, how about this? <laughs> Thanks so much, JR, for trapping it here. We don't need the physical circle anymore, right? Right? No, 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 no. If we break the physical circle, like, this is the backup for if the circle breaks. Do we have, like, 10 seconds? What's our time limit? This is I like a battery backup know. for the circle. <laughs> I definitely I'm don't saying know. To have the, the side of the circle that would get toasty, have them run to the side for a second so I can flame this mofo, and then they can come back in. Do we have enough time for that, do you think? Quinn, what happens if we break, can we break the circle and put the circle back together? So the spell you cast, JR, basically provides you more time if the circle's broken. Mm -hmm. So it's not an exact science. If it was broken before, you probably had very little time to get it back together. Right. Uh, If it's broken now, you have more time. Can we Probably like, you know, several minutes to get it back together. Oh. Okay. Well, if that's the case and we can rejoin the circle to try and trap it, then like, all right, Daylight Society, like, break right there. And I point to the two people who are nearest where the Vercalacus is, which I'm going to take a look at my list of people in the circle and say it is Pax and Eve. And I point to them and I go, you two need to break. Otherwise, you're going to get a little crispy. Yeah. At your instruction, they back the fuck up away from this <laughs> horrid creature and open up the circle. Constance? I pull out sunglasses out of my back pocket. I Good. put them on. What kind? I What kind? It's very They important. are Ray-Bans. I point it at the Vercalacus and I say, let's get goopy, baby! <laughs> and I turn it on. Give me a roll to kick some ass. Don't forget you have minus one forward from the ill effects of the magic. Yep. Oh, 
God. Okay. Are you kidding me? Well, that's a four. Oh, boy. Constance, you move forward with the flamethrower, and I think you turn it on, and this creature, in a a deeply unsettling way, kind of rolls out of the circle, stands back up, and you can see its stomach has swelled to about twice the normal size it was before, and then it just collapses in on itself, and a fountain of black and purple bile sprays out over the entire living room. It gets pretty much everyone in the Daylight Society except for Eve and Pax, and I think it probably gets all three of you. Uh, All three of you are going to take three harm. Oof. Damn. As this horrible combination of fluid and viscera and and just the absolute worst unspeakable substances just coats and then starts burning your flesh. Good times. Remake the circle! Gesture to the two of them to get back in the circle. Uh, it's it's now outside of where the circle would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta follow it. Yeah. Someone's God gotta damn. do the damage around here. All right. Look, this is why I said I shouldn't help. Sticky God paper. I toss one of you the bazooka with sticky paper. Please toss it to Jr. For the love of God, I'm working with a minus one. You wanted to do the pain meds. No, that's just my regular toughest. Oh, minus God. <laughs> yeah, it was a minus one on minus one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just use use one hand to wipe like a squeegee line of viscera <laughs> off my eyes, toss JR the, the sticky paper bazooka, and then just take off after the Vercolacus. Yeah, to be clear, it's not running away. It is just sort of in its action to avoid Constance's flamethrower rolled out of where the circle was. Okay, I'll do a leap and I'll try to position myself on the outer part of it when I do the attack. Okay, give me a roll to kick some ass. Okay. A seven. On a seven and nine, you trade harm as established. Okay. So what does your attack look like? So I follow it out of the circle and try to like start hacking back at its throat area, whatever's left of its neck. Still primary goal. Number one goal for Alvin is do the damage and get the head off. But there's just now a secondary goal of do it in a way that maybe pushes it back. Yeah. So you you strike it with your claws and, and you rend several sort of portions of, of flesh away, uh, inflicting the, the three harm of your, your attack. Mm-hmm. However, this time it is ready for you. It's ready for your approach and it's ready for the cadence of your strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it matches you sort of blow for blow with its own talents, uh, mm-hmm. dealing you three harm back. Ugh. What's your current harm at right now? Five. Oh boy. It's missing large portions of its body at this point. Hooray! Uh, they sort of just uh, sloughed off onto the ground. It kind of looks like a, a stereotypical zombie at this point, like, mm-hmm. you know, missing huge chunks of flesh, exposed bone. If it weren't for sort of the burning purple orbs behind its milky white eyes, you might mistake it for a regular zombie, but mm-hmm. it's still moving. How like nearly headless Nick is it looking? <laughs> um, I think your latest attack further severed the remains of its neck, so it's it's approaching full, nearly headless neck. It is teetering. It's teetering. It's on the brink. In response, it backs away. I think it understands that you're almost certainly the, the biggest threat, and with the remainder of its body, it drops to all fours and lopes towards Constance. This Uh-oh. motherfucker. Stick it. I don't have the gun. Somebody. JR. <laughs> Did I get the gun? You have the gun. I tossed yeah. it to you because yeah. we were I both have in this. Sorry. Such bad aim. Okay. Worse I guess... aim than you. <laughs> oh, boy. That's saying Says something. Yeah. 
Oh, I should also add in the backdrop, pretty much every member of the Daylight Society is is more or less incapacitated by this yeah. bile. Yeah, they all took three harm too. With the exception of Eve, who is not really doing anything, and Pax, who I think has drawn their gun yeah. and is taking shots at the Virgilacus. Some of them are hitting, some of them are missing. None of them seem to be doing a whole lot to what remains of its body. Gwen, I'm oh, just no. going to say that's bullshit that somebody shooting a gun at a giant plague vampire isn't doing any damage. I'm just going to say that right now. That seems like that seems like fucking bullshit. Also, Pax would miss. Their aim is very good, okay? It's almost like all of the monster's harm is gone, but its weakness hasn't been met yet. Oh, We need to chop right. off its head. Yeah. But we should sticky it into place so it doesn't run away. <laughs> okay, so if we really want to sticky it so that we can then take its head off, that is what I will do, is I will fire the sticky... Am, am I firing it at the floor in front of it? Like, where am I... You know, I don't feel like we really landed on the mechanics of it. I'm going to say you can fire it like in front of it at the floor, or you can fire it at the Virgilacus, and either way, it will have a restraining effect. All right. I would like to fire the sticky gun at the Virgilacus's toes, and I really don't want to think too much about what its toes look like. I hope it's wearing Ugh. shoes. Is it wearing shoes? Quinn, please stop. <laughs> Does it have toes? I regret to inform you it's not wearing anything. Oh, what do its toes look like? Go on, Quinn. I know you want to tell us, don't you? Horrifying. Uh, give me a roll to act under pressure. Okay. <laughs> it's a 12. Wowzers. Woo! On a 10 plus, you do what you set out to do. Yeah. How, how does it look as you sticky paper this Verkalakis? I think I'm firing because it's firing sticky paper. We're not getting the full like report or quite the blowback that I would from a firearm that was firing a bullet. But I do think there's a bit of kickback and it kind of goes flying out. And then like, because it's also kind of magical. It No, it's not magical at all. Right, Quinn? Is no, it it's just a big sticky tarp. It's just a big yeah. sticky tarp. So, In a bazooka. So I think it kind of, okay, since it's not magic, I think it kind of comes flying out and like lands with a like, and then also kind of like a noise as it adheres to the floor. Yeah, see, Kyle, Excellent you're not foley. the only one who can do foley work. Uh, and uh, that's that's how I imagine that goes down. So the Verkalakis loping towards Constance gets hit and tripped up in this sticky paper and kind of rolls up in just sort of like a bundle in like a little Aww. swaddle uh, right Constance in front of your feet um, and it's immediately trying to tear through it and I think like it's both tearing at the paper and the paper is like tearing the sticky tarp is like tearing away its skin and so this horrible deteriorating fetid corpse is uh, wrapped up at your feet what do you do Constance? kitchen knife Mm-hmm. I pull out my kitchen knife hold it up to my head and I look around and I go, it's carving time, folks. Constance, give me a roll to kick some ass. Oh, God. Do, are <laughs> we sure we want me to do this? You all have knives, too. But it's right there. Is there no, like, prone? It's prone for me? That's fair. It is restrained and sort of on the ground in front of you, so go ahead and take a plus one. It is not without its Thank defenses, you. but Ew. take plus one. Hey! Woo! That's a solid 12, yeah! my friends. Boxcars. Double sixes. I feel like you teed this up already, but Constance, how do you kill the Virgilacus? <laughs> Let's be clear. 
As I pulled out my knife, I looked around and I said, it's carving time, folks. But then as I raised my hand up, because I was definitely gonna hit this with all my might, just like straight shot, one clean cut across the neck, I realized all the anger and resentment I have about what this thing did to my family. And I think I start to have almost like an eyes glazed over look of absolute fury. And as I come down, I go, Fuck yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> would you like me to translate? I would like, yeah, yeah. I will stick your parents in a bath of your blood that I will force you to drink to your death. <laughs> Whoa. That's fucking. That's metal as that's, fuck. Yeah, Very that good. <laughs> That's a Rodescu family saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when people cut you off in traffic. Yeah. But yeah, I do that. And I think I almost black out for a minute. <laughs> the rest of you see Constance repeatedly stabbing uh, the proximate area of the neck, but it sort of goes <laughs> a little wild. But eventually this creature's head is, is parted from its body and uh, it stops moving. I think Alvin averts his eyes a little bit. <laughs> Damn. Constance, you want to go check on Georgiana? I mean, is it dead, Quinn? It's dead. It's dead? It's dead. It's not currently moving. Oh, we take the oh, bo- we no. gotta bring body, the body out back. Yeah, body out yeah, back yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's take it. Okay, come on. Let's get this thing outside. No, no, no. You remembered. We don't want to leave this place. We will oh, forget. Oh, no. Okay. I guess we're doing this here. I calmly put the knife down. I think I am probably covered in blood and bile at this point. This mm-hmm. is like a carry situation, yep. right? Yeah. I look JR straight in the face and I just go, we're going to need to use the bathtub. And then I grab some lighter fluid and I calmly start dragging it into the bathroom. The tub is the only place that we can burn this thing without yeah. burning the apartment. No. That's fair. That's fair. I can I can sell a diamond earring or two to get you a new bathtub. I do love that tub, but uh, maybe it's time for an upgrade, something with claw feet. Um, <laughs> Listen, we all sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's light it up. The worst smell you can conceivably imagine fills the entire studio. <laughs> oh God! Can we op- open all the windows? I definitely vomit, not on myself, but perhaps in the tub with the A lot of people are vomiting yeah, right now. Yeah. But as the fire burns and smolders and the Daylight Society rouses themselves from the puddles of bile and viscera and sets to work once again trying to restore this wretched, cursed studio to some semblance of habitation, you hear the bedroom door open. And standing in its frame, full of life and vigor, is Georgiana Rodescu.